You ever seen a grown man naked? This is why I shouldn't have alcohol this early in the morning. Alcohol? What kind of alcohol? Is it whiskey? You know what? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yes. Why are you drinking whiskey, and who are you? Well, for the record, the only reason why I'm drinking whiskey is because it's the superior liquor, but I'm assuming you're actually asking me that question because you want me to get out here in front of all this microphone and all these people who aren't listening to us and say that this is the Super Whiskey Brothers podcast and my name is Tyler. That is very disinteresting. Um, um, it is pretty rough. Yes, I, I am also a member of the Super Whiskey Bros podcast, and that's what you're not listening to right now, probably. <clears throat> probably not. The odds um, are actually very high wherever you are well, in the world you're not listening to this. Chances are you're not listening to this right now because uh, we're recording it right now. How are you listening to it? Are you in my house? It's the FBI. But, anyways, uh, we wouldn't I'm be sad you missed my sounds to the... Re- I don't know why you missed my sound to the lambs reference there, but keep going. It's fine. Just ignore you it, know, I guess. Honestly, I heard it. Um, I guess it's been too long since I've seen Silence of the Lambs because I did not recognize it as a Silence of the Lambs reference. Oof. Continue with yeah. your statement. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, we would not be the Super Whiskey Bros if we weren't the type of people who uh, drank whiskey. And I assume you are drinking whiskey. And what is the whiskey that you are drinking? Well, I've been... Cheating, not really cheating. I just haven't bought more recently. I'm still having my um, uh, uh, bad strength Nawbone single barrel bourbon, uh, which is probably in my top three of all time, honestly. Uh, and I, I, I don't like anything that's sweet with whiskey unless it's like bad strength, because then for some reason it just it when it the, the the words are really difficult for me. At the higher proof, I do tend to like. The sweetness a little more, and I don't know what the significance of that is for me because I am a bellend, but still. Mm-hmm. So I am, uh, for what I'm drinking, I think I'm cheating a little bit, right? Because think about what's a malt whiskey. I'm thinking. Okay, and now I'll tell you while you're thinking about it. A Perfect. malt whiskey is whiskey that is made entirely from barley, malted barley. And then been uh, distilled, and then been aged. But if you take the whiskey made from malted barley, and let's say it hadn't been aged, or let's say you know, let's let's say it had still been aged, but it had not been distilled, I think that still counts. So in that case, the whiskey that I am drinking is uh, a special take on a Vienna lager. Um, uh, it's, uh, it, it, it is technically a Vienna lager, even though its name is Samuel Adams Boston Lager. And that's the whiskey I'm drinking today. <laughs> I feel like that was a very long roundabout way of saying, I'm having a beer this morning. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and I know I said this to you earlier, specifically earlier, but I am, uh... 
especially for the price, like usually like not more than a dollar fifty a bottle. Samuel Adams is good. Like I've had cra- I've had plenty of craft beers that were worse than Samuel Adams, mm-hmm. and like I've spent two or three dollars, and sometimes four on a beer that was worse than a Sam Adams. Mm-hmm. Beer is something that is very apparently it's very easy to screw up. Um, we can be a testament to that having screwed up some beer. Um, I think my beer was pretty good. It was pretty good, but it was funny to say that. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's, it, I, I can't tell if it's people having such different tastes that they think some things are okay or if they're just trying to be different. But the number of times, um, I've tried some craft beers, it's like wildly expensive and in some kind of a fancy can with a fancy label, they've clearly put a lot of work into it and it's just bad. I mean, it's just not, I don't know. I th- it's almost like different people like different things, but that can't be right. Yeah, I had some craft mead. There was like a ginger cherry, I think, something like that flavor. That was it was actually pretty good uh, for the first couple drinks of it, and then it became tolerable. Um, uh, but like, you could tell they didn't put a lot of work into it. And I'm not I'm not joking mm-hmm. when I say this. You pour this into a glass. You have to pour it into a glass because you have to make sure you're doing it right. Because if you drink it out of a can, you're screwed. Um, uh, Oof. But like, they legitimately had. And as long as you poured it off and didn't drink it, it was okay. You didn't. You never tasted it. But this just shows you how little work they actually put into it. It was a craft mead, is what it was, not craft beer. Um, uh, and it was uh, there was still ye- there was yeast sediment in the bottom of each bottle. Hmm. There was yeast sediment in the bottom of my bottles because I was the only way I had of carbonating was to re-ferment. In the bottles, and so there had to be a tiny bit of yeast in the bottom, the the yeast that carbonated it. But you have you're making a production drink, you just carbonate it, you inject CO two into it, so there's no yeast in your, you know. Yeah, you look like you open with that move. Mm Hmm. Yeah, but anyways, this um uh, since you know you've already talked about you've already talked about your grog strong jaw, um uh, bourbon. Um, Yes, uh, that's what it was called. I forget what it was called, but I'll call it Grog Strong Jaw. Close um, uh, enough. Yeah, but um, uh, I am. Uh, I've never, obviously, never spoken about this beer on here. It's very, very good. It's not. It's a. It's a dry beer for the most part. Like it doesn't taste very malty. Mm. Not like sweet and malty anyway. You can taste the barley, but not malty. It's very, very hoppy. But it's not especially bitter from the hops. Like um, uh, like it's 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 nearly as hoppy as as an IPA, but it's nowhere near as bitter. It's actually it's actually good, um, uh, because I'm guessing they just added the hops very much towards the end of the boiling cycle, and the earlier you add them, the more bitter they are, and the later you add them, the more floral they are. And there's just a little bit of floral in this. I'm sorry, there's just a little bit of bitter in this, and most of the hop flavor is that floral hop flavor. And it's really good. Stupendous. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I've, I've, this may be, um, uh, Sam Adams Boston Lager is one of my favorite beers, and it's definitely my favorite, like, big, big production beer. 
I'm I'm starting to like it more than I I was a I was a dark stout Guinness man and I still love it, but I think I may like this one more. Because <clears throat> you're normally a stout Guinness man. I'm a stout Guinness man. Yes, <clears throat> I'm I'm pretty stout at least, but only like if it, you mean fat and short. Well, because I it am short implied. and fat and I'm not too pretty. Dun, 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 dun. Anyways, why are we really here today, though? Why are we really here today? We're here to finish our book clubbing. Book clubbing. I don't and, think uh, we're going to finish it. Well, uh, continue our book clubbing. Oh. And we're going to be reading... Um, uh, or we're going to be going over part two of The Way of Kings from the Stormlight Archive Chronicle. Mm-hmm. By Brandon Sanderson. Bye, Brandon Sanderson. Bye, Brandon Sanderson. Bye, have fun. What's he doing? Where's he going? We don't know. Is he off making another board game? Probably. It's very possible. Es posible, por favor. As Dad used to say. Por favor. <laughs> True story. Now, <sighs> I'm uh, trying to yeah, find my we've... note that I had for this. I went over this. Um, uh, uh, I started to read the uh, the second part and I didn't get very far in it because uh, Brooke had to take a nap and uh, I if I was sitting there trying to read my book and the child was in the room he kept trying to take the book from me it was a very interesting book and he knew it but I wanted to read it um, uh, and so I had to finish it last night and I didn't realize that this was significantly longer than part one um, uh, and so I I had to read um, uh, about. I had to. I had to read a little over three hundred pages last, or around three hundred pages last night. Oh wow, mm-hmm. that's a lot but at I one time. But I got it done. Mm-hmm. I got it done. Okay. But yeah, it's, I'm um, trying to find my note because uh, I was trying to remember the boundaries of part two specifically because, like we've we've mentioned before, with mm-hmm. this book, since you had already read it, and I was just catching up to you. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was trying to catch up to where you are Therefore We weren't truly book clubbing So I haven't read this super recently It's been more like about Two or three weeks ago Two weeks ago mm-hmm. So I'm trying to remember all this stuff Okay I'm back to my notes Back to the notes Back to the notes Look to the notes <clears throat> So for me the book really didn't um, take off mm-hmm. as well until the mm-hmm. second part. Um, I, I, I think I mentioned this in our original uh, video going over part one, uh, but this book is slow to start. It, it, it's uh, The further you get into it, the more you realize it was designed that way so you could introduce more elements much cleaner and not so ham-handed, not just ridiculous amounts of stupid last-minute exposition. Just really, really, it's handled really well. But because of that, um, yeah, it just does have a slow start. I believe we start this part with um, Dalinar's perspective. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, uh, you, you, said it, it's, you said it doesn't take off until then. It actually hasn't taken off yet, even at the end of part two, um, uh, without giving any spoilers at all. The book doesn't, the story doesn't really take off. Until the one bad thing happens, and then the other bad thing happens. No, this is true, but I mean, like, at least mm-hmm. you can feel some momentum being gained in the story. Uh, the first mm-hmm. one just seemed like you're really 
that he takes longer than a normal um, fantasy writer probably would to uh, to set the scene for our characters of focus, of which we have three technically, mm-hmm. uh, as far as POVs. Um, and he just takes his sweet time setting them up, which works well mm-hmm. for the whole book, but does make for a slow start. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, um, uh, uh, there's a way, speaking of, of such things, not doing things like a normal fantasy author does. So there is a way of making a perfect character, a character without flaws. Like there's literally like no way that this person could be better than what they are because they are perfect and flawless. Mm-hmm. And there is a way of doing that without making that person a Mary Sue. A Mary Sue is awful, but Dalinar Colin is the best fictional character ever written. He's pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's, like, truly a man without flaw. Absolutely, like, the perfect model example of a man. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, this is true. I, I agree with that very much. Um... But I, I like that we do get to see him have some flaws unfold and watch him deal with them and have a very real reaction to them, but still be extremely stalwart um, in his, mm-hmm. you know, in his, his belief system. Um, it, mm-hmm. It's in like who he thinks of himself as a person and the code that he's trying to follow. It, mm-hmm. He's an impressive character. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, it's some... Um, uh... Okay, so I'm not gonna lie. Like, I don't feel, for the most part, like I don't feel emotion when I'm listening to an audiobook. So, when I listen to an audiobook, I'm not there. You know, I am when sure. I'm reading the book. I am there when it happens. Oftentimes, I am one of the characters, but at the very least, I'm an invisible observer, mm-hmm. and I'm always there. Uh, that bit at the hunt, when um, uh, in in the first bit in the hunt, when they when they're going on a chasm fiend hunt. And, like, I heard this part in the book, and, or in the audiobook, and I was like, oh, that's neat. That's a pretty cool thing that happened. And then I, um, uh, uh, and, yeah, I heard that in the audiobook, so oh, that's, a, that's a pretty cool thing. And then I read that myself, and the part where Dalinar just manhandles the Chasm Fiend. Yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah, that's a, that's a. <laughs> It's it's, a, it's I th- I really think of it as the first high point of the book as far as action mm-hmm. drama wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically you have the the king's assassination is pretty good, but um, mm-hmm. it's it's not very long. It's kind of short. This this he, there's so much detail that um, Sanderson does to set this up, um, and he mm-hmm. kind of has. You don't really feel the foreshadowing that much like you think you would, because um, of there's a there's a moment where the the chasm fiend kind of appears very. Uh, very suddenly for them, they weren't expecting it to happen the way that it did, and the way they just jump into position, and the way he he goes into such great lengths to describe what they're doing exactly, it just sets mm-hmm. up a really, really a great scene for for Dalinar to be a total bamf. It's pretty great. Mm-hmm. So all I'm gonna say is though, I I, I said I I don't feel awe and emotion. Uh, listen to audiobooks. There's another thing I heard in an audiobook, and it's either at the end of this book or at the beginning of book two, because I, I, I made a couple, uh, about an hour into book two uh, on the audiobooks back when I was listening to them. Um, and I don't remember where, the, where this is at. All I'm going to say is, Dalinar catching the Chasm Fiend sets the stage for him to make, make an even cooler catch at one point. 
And you listened to the whole book, right? Yes, I did. Okay. Did Dalinar make his even cooler catch? What you're in, in your part of the where you've gotten to in there? I don't. I since I'm not you, sure what you're you, talking if, about. If you, yeah, if you're not sure, if you don't know what I'm talking about, then it didn't happen. So it must be in okay, book two. Good enough. Dalinar makes an even cooler catch. Even listen to it in the audiobook. I was like, oh wow, what a guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, I've been holding off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so far from starting the next book. Um, yeah. But <clears throat> yeah, I would have to say, um, I, I would have to say, agree with you that he's he's the most. He's he's a perfect character for me, mm-hmm. if for no other reason than like you get to see him be the strong man of conviction that's had a backstory that that makes you believe why he's um such mm-hmm. a he's as stalwart as he is and everything, but you still get to feel um, a fair bit of the struggles he's going through. But getting to see his determination to overcome that, he's really fantastic. He's yeah. a great he is- character to read. You, you tend to root for Kaladin more, but that's just because mm-hmm. he's in such a rough spot throughout the whole book that. It's just like the rooting for the underdog kind of feeling. Uh, see, I've never found myself rooting for Kaladin. Like, Kaladin is okay. Like, he and I could be friends if he was a real person. But, like, every time anything happens and he goes into his whiny, man, I'm just going to kill myself, I'm useless thing. Like, every time he does that, every, like, he always just... I don't think he has a moment like that in part two, another one, because he's he's back on a he's back on a high. But when he goes into his lows, he is so annoying. Like I like if it wasn't for the fact that the story wouldn't happen when it was like the way he acts when he's in his lows, I wished he would have thrown himself into the chasm. <laughs> At the end of part one, like it was. Oh, it was. I hate him. As a, I mean, I mean. He he's all right of, as a person, but he's just so whiny. And then when it comes to like, like like you know, in in the face of danger, sure he's cool and brave and awesome and stuff. In the face of anything else, the man is a coward. I I think I think that it was a very very good move by Sanderson to write Kaladin, and for that Shalon, um, to be as insanely. And obviously flawed as they are for two yes. reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, the first reason obviously is that you 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 get to watch more of their progression, but in a kind of underhanded way, it allows you to have a character like Dalinar Colin. Um, because I think without those, without Kaladin and Shallan, I don't think you can. I don't think you can really have a character who's that great, mm-hmm. um, and it not feel like some ham-handed story. Uh, I feel like without those two overtly flawed characters, you can't have someone who's this fantastic. Because then, like, you get you have this moment at the end of the book that I'm not going to spoil, but where you actually... I mean, it's not much of a spoiler to assume that Kaladin and, and, and Dalinar would meet. When they finally meet, you get to see Kaladin, who's come all this way and made all these improvements and become this much better as a person, come face-to-face with this guy and be like, wow, this guy's actually pretty fantastic and I need to get on this level. Um, I think him making Kaladin so whiny and and pathetic at times is what really makes um, other characters like Dalinar be like, oh, you can have this guy now. You're allowed to have someone who's this much of a bamp all the time. Because otherwise it seems cheesy. Yeah. <clears throat> but I mean, and I, I guess, see, I, I guess it makes sense though because it does show Shalon and Kaladin as being very young. 
Uh, Shalon is y- significantly younger. She's what, 16, 17, I think? Yeah, younger than um, Kaladin. Uh, yeah, and Kaladin's 20. Um, uh, uh, yeah, so Kaladin's 20, she's 16, 17, something like that. But they're both young, right? They're both kids. Um, right. Uh, well, by t- that, that's, you know... Um, it's, this seems to follow modern ideas of child-to-adult progression. Um, uh, during the... If this was on Earth, uh, not in the Cosmere... During the time that that would have been written, they both would have been adults. Or d- d- mm-hmm. during the time that that would have happened, like with the time of swords and armor and everything. They obviously both would have been adults. Um, uh, but but then it is mentioned at one point that, you know, once you enter adolescence uh, as a girl, you're able to uh, cover your safe hand. Um, uh, mm-hmm. That's mentioned in, um, uh, uh, that, that, that's brought up once in, in, in this part. Um, uh, the safe hand is kind of described a little bit. Not why, but what. And how, um, uh, now I don't know if the why is ever brought up. It doesn't matter. It's just you know, it's part of the decency and fashion of Alethkar, um, uh, and Vorin as a whole, I suppose, the Vorin religion. Um, uh, but they, um, uh, yeah, and the, they have a. Uh, uh, but this is when you enter adolescence, and the fact that it said when they enter adolescence means that it's a modern, modern take on it. Because if mm-hmm. this was you know even a hundred years ago, you don't see. You know, the, the progression that we see today, which is child, adolescent, adult. You see child, adult. So, adult. Yeah. You skip that. You skip that phase there. Skip ahead a bit, brother. Yeah. But, um, okay. So, I'm going to have you do the thing that I normally do, um, uh, which is, unless you, unless you feel it's been too long since you're ready to be able to do this, and in which case I'll do it, but um, uh, I want you to have the opportunity to do it. And that is, give the... Um, uh, uh, give the, the the TLDR that makes it that removes all the seriousness from it um, uh, that I do. There but moves, before there removes all the seriousness seriousness of it. Perfect. I'm good mm-hmm. at that. Yeah. But before you do that, there is one thing that I, I wanted to mention that is in one of the flashbacks. Um, uh, something happened with Laurel, which was Wistio's daughter. Wistio is the uh, 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 is the the bright lord of. Uh, of uh, Hearthstone, or was at the time of the of the time the flashback happened, Wistio was the Bright Lord of Hearthstone, and um, uh, and, th- and and actually, Brooke, if you're available, uh, step in here while I'm asking this question. Um, uh, I'd like to hear you answer the question at the same time Tyler does. Um, uh, and if you're not, that's fine too. Um, uh, and I'm gonna wait just a second to see if she's able to come in. And. And she's not, and? it seems, so I'm going to just ask you the, this question. One thing that, that question. very much confused me, it confused me when I heard the audiobook, then maybe I thought it had more clarity when I read it. I read it, and I still am exactly as confused. Kaladin gets in a fight with, I believe, Jost, um, uh, with quarterstaffs, quarterstaves, and um, uh, Jost beats him in the fight. And then Kaladin rushes at him, to attack him, to, to attack him after he lost. Um, uh, yeah, so he lost and he rushed to attack him. And when he rushed to attack him, um, uh, Laurel, who was watching him fight, leaves. And it's, it's made obvious that she's disappointed. And my question is, and I've never been able to figure this out, I've never figured this out, is it, 
she wanted him to be a man of morals and therefore don't just accept a pity fight, a pity, petty fight, or was it because he lost? Um, uh, she was disappointed. In, she was so the first one. She was disappointed in him for accepting the challenge to fight to begin with. The second one was she was disappointed in him for losing. And the third thing could have been she was disappointed in him for after having been justly beaten in a playful duel, um, uh, he instead of saying, ah, yes, you beat me, good game, uh, he then rushed to attack the person who had beaten him. So I think my answer to this would be, I think my answer to this would be different if I had not finished the book and got mm-hmm. to see more of Callan's flashbacks. But since I've mm-hmm. seen further into the story and seen further into her story... I I would have to say that it's because he lost because she clearly develops more into this um, run up and grab the nearest winner uh, kind of mm-hmm. female. Um, mm-hmm. There's a very aggressive. Or I, I guess I'm just going to go right into saying a gold digger mentality uh, mm-hmm. because of who she goes for later in the book. Um, so I think given that that becomes her character more, the older she gets. Uh, I, I I would have to say that I believe she was upset that he didn't win because she I shows saying, those uh those those uh, she shows those characteristics later on. Now I ain't saying she a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no surgeon. This is this is the case. This is the case right now in this book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. Let me. Uh, is there anything else I, in particular I wanted to go over? Um, uh, there's a line that I did read to Brooke because it's really funny. I'm going to read it to you um, uh, because it always makes me laugh. Is I'm um, uh, uh, talking about uh, z- talking about Zeth's um, uh, uh, reputation. Uh, how mm-hmm. you know he has this reputation for being this extremely like you know if Zeth is going to go after you, you're going to die, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yes. And he gained that reputation, which is a, it's a fair reputation for Zeth to have. <clears throat> but here you go. This makes me laugh. Um, uh, Zeth bowed his masked head in acknowledgement. He slid from his place, dropping to the ground, oversized cloak fluttering. Game stilled. Men, both drunken and sober, turned to watch Zeth as he passed the three men with the fire moss. And as he passed the three men with the fire moss, their fingers went limp. Most in the room knew what Zeth was about this night. A man had moved into Bornwater and opened his own gambling den to challenge Makhek. Lately, this newcomer didn't believe the reputation of Makhek's phantom assassin. Well, he had reason to be skeptical. Zeth's reputation was inaccurate. He was far, far more dangerous than it suggested. <clears throat> and I, yes. I, I like that line. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's fantastic. I didn't know if you were trying to point out a flaw in it or something no it's no, fantastic. no I, um, I, I, it, it's, it's wonderful i can only feel like um uh, i like i like that character a lot but for a much different reason he's he's put into the book series differently than <clears throat> may i would have to say differently than any other character i've ever read in a work of fiction because mm. he's this huge um in the background, just force of nature, for destructive force of nature kind of character, who we still manage to get enough backstory to feel something for him when he has to do what he's being forced to do, essentially. But he still is like essentially just a big chunk of foreshadowing for the rest of the characters in the book. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like, and, and it doesn't even come to a head in the first book. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I will also say this. Um, uh, I think in the first book, he pops up in, like, every interlude has a has a section about him, and that. But that's yes. the only place you see him is in the prologue, or the first little bit. Um, uh, uh, where he where he assassinates Gavilar. And prologue, then, and then like some of the uh, interludes. Yeah. Yeah, and then in the interludes, uh, in book two, he pops up in the chapters. Okay. Yeah, he's th- he's there in book two. Um, I, I I that's good. I would like to see more of him because he's fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. but the way he's introduced in the first book, in those roughly thousand pages, uh, is just it's very very interesting because it's kind of like you know when you watch an anime. Um, I'm going to use Bleach as an example here, and there's like um. There's like a particular thing that vir- virtually never happens, but then when it does, it's always like your favorite part of the series. So in Bleach, there's always where Ichigo um, has his, that hollow takes him over and he goes berserk mm-hmm. and he's overpowered as crap. Those are some of the mm-hmm. coolest scenes from that show. They happen mm-hmm. ex- extremely randomly. And there's only like three or four times throughout the entire series of which there's like 365 episodes. It gives me that mm-hmm. same kind of feeling when all of a sudden I'm like, oh good, it's another one of these parts. Fantastic. It, because like, it's like you've been looking forward to it the entire time and you didn't even realize you've been looking forward to it the entire time. Mm-hmm. It's 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 great. Yes. The way he's introduced him and through it randomly throughout this whole book is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of, of, of Bleach, um uh like I I I never finished the uh uh I forget the name of the cycle. It's the cycle named after the character, the bad guy, who everyone thought was a good guy. He was one of the one of the Eisen. Eisen, yeah, the Eisen cycle. I've never finished that, but I think it's at the end of the Eisen cycle, um, uh, supposedly, where Ichigo uses the um, uh, the final Getsu Gatensho, Mugetsu, mm-hmm. um, uh, and that's the move that uses absolutely all of his power into one attack, and because of that, he loses all his power. Does he get it back? Because supposedly no, it's a yeah, part- of course he does. There's, there's like because it's supposed to be a permanent episodes. thing. Yeah, but how? But how yeah, can you just say, "Oh, he has no power left"? Okay, see you guys later. You know. Yeah, he has to go back and get them. He has to go back and get them the same way he got them before. It takes forever and it's stupid, but oh, he yeah, has the eyes cycle. Oh, he has yeah, to- one glove, <laughs> one glove. Mm-hmm. You got it. Um, I don't want to start talking about bleach instead of this, but I will say that uh, mm-hmm. that's the best part of the series is all the way up until Eisen's death. But uh, mm-hmm. it's still a great series after that. But watching him get his powers back is excruciating. I whatever it's called uh, the bit with the the vampires I skipped that I didn't watch it Bont it's the yeah. Bont cycle right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's it's not worth watching mm-hmm. <coughs> but, but I'll tell you what is worth watching the pages of the way of kings <laughs> part two <laughs> we freaking get off on bleach are we able are we able to stay on topic <laughs> clearly not that was impressive so I tell you what, let's break down. Let's break down um, briefly. I don't think we have to break down all the chapters necessarily, uh, mm-hmm. but we can. Um, so the first chapter, I'm going through my notes. I actually have notes. Mm-hmm. Shocking, I know. I'm as shocked as you are. Here, okay. So chapter twelve is the first chapter of part two. And you alluded to this earlier, talking about Dalinar. But this is going to be the chapter with uh, the Chasm Fiend Hunt. Mm-hmm. 
there's really no point in talking about it because we pretty much summed it all up. Because I don't want to break down the chapter unless you have something to say about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a great read because it's a really great fight. Um, it's lots of drama in that, lots of um, last minute twists and turns, and it really sets the stage uh, for the paranoia of the king, mm-hmm. which, is which is peppered important. throughout the yeah, it's peppered throughout the book, and plays a lot into the the politics um, side of of what's happening with everyone. So it's a very very important scene. And the way it's done, excuse me, is very, very important. But um, outside of that, I'd rather not try to break that down because I want people to read it um, and actually get the experience of it because the fight with the Chasm Fiend is a pretty, it's one of the first truly intense moments of the book. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's it's drawn out a lot more. Yeah. But if you I'll suppose add, I'll, add it, you fool. Yeah, I suppose I'll run over the, 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 the synopsis that makes everything sound not interesting and unimportant. Um, uh, and then at each point you can just add the, um, uh, add, add to it what you believe needs added to it. Um, uh, so it starts off with the, um, uh, yeah, it, it starts off with, like, as you said in the chapter with the Chasm Fiend hunt, um, uh, they, uh, they, they went to have a hunt, uh, Adolin doesn't like hunting, uh, and then Dalinar admits that hunts are boring, and then Dalinar suplexes a Chasm Fiend to show that they're not boring, um, uh, and then the king falls off his horse, and uh, they decided that the strap was cut. Uh, uh, spoiler alert: it was cut. Um, and they, um, uh, uh, and then they they make it back to the to to, to the camp. And did you sell it? Okay, cool. <laughs> um, it's uh, been and sold. They, they go back to the camp, and um. Uh, then I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go down the the the, the Adeline Dalinar story as best I can, and then I'm gonna go back to the to the the Kaladin over this section. Um, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So go down. So just go down Dalinar Adeline. So they they go back to camp, and um, uh, Dalinar, um, uh, <clears throat> try to remember exactly what comes next. Let me look at this. Um, uh, yeah. So they, they 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 go to investigate into the. Uh, 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 oh, that's it's two chapters. There's two chapters um, uh, for the fight of the Chasm Fiend. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then they and, and then they meet Wit, and um. Uh, uh, Wit says to Sadius, "Tell you what, I'll stop insulting you uh, if you can stop saying stupid things." And then Sadius said something stupid, and Wit insulted him again. And um. Like, uh, gosh darn it. Hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, and then uh, they determined that nobody likes Sadius because he's a butthole. And then they went on to... I forget what happens. That's Cocoons. I read that last night. Um, uh, that's a backlash or a flashback. Um, uh, yeah, and then they say, so yeah, really not a whole lot happened in this chapter. Dalinar, um, uh, ha- Dalinar is out, caught out in a high storm and he has a seizure. And then... Um, uh, Adolin makes up for that by banging 16 chicks in one chapter. Um, uh, yes. And then the um, uh, uh, they get a, a message from Yasna just to, just to connect everybody back together so they can see Shalon drawing pictures. Um, uh, just so, you know, to make sure, hey, hey, Shalon is still there, guys, don't forget about her. And, um, yeah. uh, 
and then uh, Dalinar, while Dalinar's having a seizure, he thinks he's married to somebody else, and um, uh, then kicks butt. Uh, yeah, kicks kicks a bunch of butt, kills some black dogs, and then the Knights Radiant come down and kill the rest of the black dogs, and then uh, he turns finds out that this new woman that he's married to while he's having a seizure is actually a man, and the man tells him. Um, uh, I think this Oof. is when the man tells him to trust Sadius. And um, uh, I don't remember. And, technically speaking, yeah. And then uh, he says, "Okay, uh, okay, woman, man, uh, progressive. Uh, I don't know what to call you now. Uh, I thought you were a woman, but I misgendered you." <laughs> and he said, "No, don't worry about it." <laughs> and um, uh, <clears throat> which is proof that it wasn't a real transgender because they wouldn't said that. And um, uh, <clears throat> oof. Uh, and so it was just you know the, uh, you know that's how that happened. And then uh, he woke up. And everybody saw him having a seizure. He's like, oh, crap. Who Were you all guys watching me? And they said, yeah. And then um, uh, he went and, and did that. And then Adolin fights, I believe, four duels in the background. And um, uh, I, I don't know if he killed the people or not, but I hope he did because they were anus people. And then Wit goes no back to No one dies in the duels, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Well, no one dies in the <coughs> duels for shards. But I, I'm sure there were some duels that said, hey, I, let me duel you and I'll kill you. And they they say, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do that. I'm sure that happens. Oh, no, we didn't know that that wasn't part of the deal. Yeah, and then, um, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much most of what happens in the the Dalinar-Adolin cycle. Uh, I could have sworn it wasn't until part three for those duels, but it doesn't matter. Well, well, um, uh, it's just, it's mentioned in passing. Um, uh, the people kept insulting Dalinar and Adolin, just made in passing at the feast. I had to fight four duels today, um, uh, because of, because oh, of that's their right, insults. that's right. Yeah, like I you, you don't the know. I thought you meant the yeah. scene. I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. Yeah, no, it's happening in the background. Uh, you just don't know that they're that happening. Um, uh, I kicked four respective butts today for you. Disrespective butts. Oof, that is the reason why they duel. You're right. <laughs> um. Uh, and then uh, going back to Kaladin, uh, Kaladin said uh, he was, he, he'd already decided not to kill himself. He said, okay, so what I'm going to do then, instead of killing myself, is I'm going to wake up early. And so he it's a good did. start. Mm-hmm. And so he got up early, and then he started dragging around a stick. Um, uh, and everybody said, why are you dragging that stick? And um, uh, Rock said... So I can get better at stick dragging later. And Rock said... That's a very lightweight stick, isn't it? Kaladin said, no. Rock went and picked up the stick, and he said, oh, it's not. And then, um, uh, <clears throat> uh, and then so he went, and Rock doesn't like him at all. Rock thinks he's an idiot, and he hates him. Uh, so because, you know, he's he is an idiot, and Rock hates him. So there you go. Yeah. And they go on a bridge run, and Kaladin said, Rock, uh, would you like to stand in the back where you're not going to get shot, and I'll stand in the front? And Rock said, okay. And so he did, <laughs> and, um, uh, and he ran, and he didn't sit down. You're supposed to sit down uh, after you put the bridges down, and he didn't do it. He stood up instead. Um, uh, and the soldiers laughed at him, and then they laughed at him, and they laughed at him, and then they didn't laugh at him. Um, uh, and um, then they they made it to the bridge, and Calvin got shot uh, in the ribs by an arrow because he didn't go in the back, and then uh, because Oof. he's an idiot. And then there were a couple people that were injured, and they dragged them back. And then uh, they came back with orders. They said, hey, those injured people that you have, don't you dare feed them. So Calvin said, hmm, I think I'm going to feed them. Um, uh, and I then, should feed them. 
<clears throat> yeah. And Rock said, hey, because you put me in the back, we are now best buds forever. And Calvin said, cool, I'd like a bud. And he said, okay, we're buds. And they were buds. And um, uh, then they dragged Teft into it uh, because Teft is a, is a good guy. Um, uh, because basically what it said was, hey, Teft, do you want to join us? No, not really. Please? Okay, fine. And then he, uh, that was enough to get him to stay permanently. Um, uh, and then the, uh, and now at this point, now, and, and then Kaladin made, had Rock make stew because Rock is a cook and he's such a good cook that he puts poop in his food. Um, uh, Top tier. And, <clears throat> yes. Iron fantastic. Chef. Mm-hmm. Uh, poop Chef. Um, uh, and but st- somehow they still really like the stew, and everybody liked the stew. And at this point, now the only person who doesn't uh, like Kaladin anymore, and who isn't willing to work with them and do all the good stuff and everything, is uh, Moash. And I am certain that it will continue to stay that way. And Moash will still never like him. And um, uh, they learned that Forever the Parshendi can grow chitinous armor or chitinous armor, I suppose. And um, yeah, that's the synopsis of part two. Uh, do you have anything to add? I'm yeah, sure we'll go into details the, about stuff. But do you have anything to add to the synopsis? I'm going to add to the synopsis uh, just because I just want to point out. Technically speaking, it wasn't poop. I believe it was actually shells. Keep going. No, no, it's actually that's why he's in, as a Bridgman. He put chul dung into. Sadies oh, yeah. Why food. he's a Bridgman. I don't think yeah. we find out about that until later, though. It's It's in part two. I think I, I thought we'd I, I, ju- I, I, I just read it last. I just read it last night. <clears throat> um, uh, let me actually let me about where find, the poop. find that part. It's actually a fair bit of. It's actually a fair bit of him putting poop into things. Yeah, like they, they it actually happen like, several times. Legitimately, legitimately. It's a fair bit of poop. Um, poopin', poopin', poop, let's see. He talks about the poop. Where's the poop? I'm looking for the poop. I should put a bookmark so in the poop. poop. So much poop. It's towards the end, isn't it? It, it is, and towards the end-ish. I can't remember if it's while they're on chasm duty or before. So right now I am in the Chasm Duty chapter. And I'm not seeing it. Um. 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 I like to find it. Uh, talk about something he's while I'm finding to it. Tell. He's going to tell. Sometimes when I freshen my mocha, I live a little. Um, Sean doesn't like Calden, and I really don't understand why. Uh, I'll, I'll, I didn't mention this earlier, but he is. I think he's genuinely a fantastically written character. He and is. Sean finds him whiny. Sean finds him whiny. Because Sean would not do the things that this man does and finds his lack of masculinity in certain areas to be annoying in someone who's going to be a hero who's currently almost a heel. Mm-hmm. On the verge of being a heel. Mentality of a heel. Mm. That's the thing, though. He's a fantastically written character. I don't have a problem 
like I, with how he's written. It's fantastically written. Um, uh, so I, 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 my, my gripe is not with Sanderson. It's with Kaladin himself. Um, uh, it's Kaladin's not real, Sean. I know, I know this, but I get invested in these things when I read when I read <laughs> books. I get invested with it. I'm actually there with the people, and like it always makes it always angers me when there's someone who like consistently if you, if you do something that's obviously stupid it, i get mad at people for doing that and when that you consistently do stupid things say stupid things act in a stupid way i find myself hating you i find myself hating kaladin not because he's written poorly but because his character is a very particular way and he's written excellently to consistently match that character at all times so very very well written i just hate him i've managed to make sean quite looking through the book i'm proud of myself well, I actually, I found I found the spot before I started talking. <laughs> oh, well, good enough. Yeah. Long story so short, Sean doesn't like Kaladin because he's gay. Because Kaladin is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You're 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 a homophobe. Keep going. Yes. <clears throat> you know, but first, do you know how I know he is? <clears throat> do you know how I know he I is? I don't know. I don't know. Did you notice that he never actually pursued Laurel, even the times when he had the chance to? This is true. <laughs> I feel like this is a very, very unfair way of saying that Kaladin's gay. <laughs> also, uh, there comes a point uh, that's not even where I am in the second book. Um, uh, but it seems to me that he has the opportunity at one point to pursue Shalon, and he also doesn't. So anytime he has an opportunity to go after a girl, like it's like, like it's something to the effect of like. Uh, like, I forget, there's a quote from one of the books, and something to the effect of, like, no, I have my spear, and that's enough. Ugh. Like, you know, yeah, 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 you, you, you like other men's spears, is what you like. Yeah, there's, there's a euphemism there somewhere, I believe it's the, mm-hmm. uh, Pinocchio sandpaper, um, mm-hmm. analogy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, this, this, this is the bit <clears throat> I may have uh, enhanced the soup. You see, I was quite angry about my Nuatoma's death, and I thought, these lowlanders, their tongues are all scorched and burned by the food they eat. They have no taste, and... And what? Kaladin asked. Chuldung, Rock said. It apparently has stronger taste than I assumed. <clears throat> you put Chuldung in the High Prince Sadius's soup? Uh, yes, Rock said. Actually, I put this thing in his bread, too, and I used it as a garnish on the pork steak and made a chutney out of it for the buttered garams. Chuldung. It has many uses, I found. <laughs> Especially the chutney. That was very ingenious. Mm-hmm. Yes. I never would have thought, here's some poop. Let's make chutney. It's uh, Sir Reginald. Poop of chutney. Poop of chutney. <clears throat> is this chutney from a chickpea? No, no, this is poop from a butt. Yes, I was asking you. I'm glad of that. <laughs> that is poop from a butt. <laughs> We've really only got one other character to cover. Renarin? Oh, we don't care about covering him. There's no point in covering him. We're talking about the three main characters, you dingleberry from a butt. Um three main characters. Oh, I guess we hadn't really t- yeah, I guess I had mentioned stuff Adeline did, but we never had hadn't actually talked about Adeline. No, we still have a Shalon appearance in part two. No. Uh, other than she 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 draws a picture, but she's not in part she's not in part two. I didn't know if you wanted to parallel what she was supposedly doing during that time frame, but since it's not talked about, we don't have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know what she was doing during that time frame. She was drawing a picture and studying. Well, in that particular moment, yes. 
Anywho. Yeah. Also, talking uh, about Adolin. Uh, Adolin, talking about Adolin's character. Adolin is a 23-year-old, and he acts like it. So he's brash, mm-hmm. he's rash, and a little impetuous. Um, brash, uh, he's rash, and he's not short on cash, if you know what I mean. Uh, that's also true. But, um, uh, and so, like, you know, he's always looking for someone to fight, and he has a chip on his shoulder. And uh, while that is several annoying, those are annoying qualities, those are qualities to be expected from a 23-year-old guy. So I can't really complain about Adolin's character, about Adolin as a, as a person. Because he is a 23-year-old guy. He is, like, you know. Well, that's fair, but we also see some very, very strong influences of his father. Um, and, and mm-hmm. like, a, the way that he's not accepting um, the particular type of rank. Uh, duels so he can become the greatest duels, which the, everyone says he definitely could be, but his father doesn't want mm-hmm. to because of the code. And there's certain things that he does in the way that he treats others <clears throat> because of how his father's mm-hmm. raised him. Um, mm-hmm. I think it really sets up for making a really fantastic character, in, uh, just like um, Dalinar, uh, but yeah. more you're seeing the beginnings of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, what what I'm gonna say is at the what the very last thing that said. In the actual chapters of part two, before you get to the interludes, um, uh, it's uh, Dalinar makes the um, uh, makes the statement that he's going to. I almost said abscond. He's not going to abscond. Um, he's going to. What's the word? Abdicate. He's going to abdicate his abdicate. position to uh, to Adolin, and um. Uh, Adolin, while Which Adolin he is, is very, not fond of. Huh? Yeah, Adolin is not... Well, we don't know that Adolin... He hasn't told Adolin about it yet at the end of, of part two. At the end of part two, he's just telling uh, Navari about it. Navari? That's her name? Navari? Um, uh, his sister-in-law slash girlfriend. Sister-in-law <clears throat> soon to be main squeeze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but either way, I think her name's Navari. Um, uh, but he's telling... Right. Navani. Navani. Uh-huh. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, he's telling her about it, and she and she said it's a bad idea. And I think as Adolin is right now, it is a bad idea. But who knows? Whenever it actually happens, maybe he will have grown into a Dalinar-like man. Here's the potential too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so riddle me this, Batman. When we talked about Which this Batman? before, we talked for it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, uh Terry McGinnis. Um, Ugh, uh, gross. Keep going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that show though. <clears throat> Anyways, um, uh, and for those of you who weren't, uh, who either weren't from the '90s or who didn't look back or who didn't look ahead when you were before the '90s or who didn't look back when you were after the '90s, Terry McGinnis is the name of the young child Batman in Batman Beyond. Anyways, um, uh, he's a fantastic character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but any, what am I? I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't um, know oh, what yeah. in the heck I'm talking about. Um, but it's uh, what I was gonna say is last time we talked about this, we went over a part that had two hundred and I believe sixteen pages in it, and we um uh, uh, and and we didn't uh, and it took us an hour and fifteen minutes to get through. We've pretty much said all that needs to be said. We haven't talked about the flashbacks yet, and we'll hit that after I say this. But those aren't, won't be those won't take long though. Um, uh, but besides the flashbacks, we've been at this for less than an hour, and we went over part two that contains, um, 
like instead of 216 pages, like something to the effect of I think like 343 pages in the book that I have. <sighs> Somehow yeah, we talked for less is, time about more material. But here's the thing: that's because mm-hmm. so much of the material of part two is just set up that we've summarized in less than a sentence. And, and mm-hmm. that's not doing justice to the way Sanderson wrote this, but we've already covered mm-hmm. multiple times how he's a fantastic writer. So I think it's implied that he clearly did a much more better and thorough job of setting stuff up than we've explained yeah. it. But there's mm-hmm. just so little really happening. Because we're not going to break also, down the entire flashback for Dalinar. We're not going to break down the entire fight of the Chasm Fiend. And that's like 150 pages right there, it seems like. Mm-hmm. It's not, but it yeah, felt and, like it. And, and, and also another thing is, too, we're not going to go over as much the... Um, uh, uh, we're 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 not we're not going to go over as much the uh, uh, or no, I'm sorry, the opposite of that. We went into more detail than probably what we needed to have anyway. Is what I meant to say. Uh, just because yes. we like talking about it in detail, just just on the off chance that you guys didn't do your homework and you haven't read part two, we're going into a bit more detail than what is needed. But if we um, but what what I you we would be expecting though. Is when you guys are listening to this, you have read part two by the time you heard that, by the, t- by the time you heard it. Um, uh, and actually, as soon as we're done recording this, we're going to put up in the book club, uh, in, in the book club bit. Um, uh, uh, and I'm going to change the book club title to current book club series, and then I'm going to make a book club one offs. The reason why I'm doing that is because next week we're recording uh, Whisperer in Darkness, and you guys should also read that. Um, uh, and <coughs> because it's great, and, you know, yeah, and and so you know what we're talking about, and like seriously, we want you guys to weigh in on this stuff. Like you know, you read, like you know, uh, uh, you know, we're gonna go into we're gonna go into the book club section, and we're gonna read as much of it as we possibly can. What you guys have to say, um, uh, and we're gonna and we're gonna make sure we we bring up unless you guys say something stupid, uh, we may bring it up and then call you stupid. <laughs> but for the most part, like if you bring up something like you know legitimate, good to bring up. <laughs> On there, we'll say, "Hey, and uh, and and this this person said this, and we think that that's a good thing to have said, and we recognize that they said it, and we're we're those type of people, you know. So uh, by all means, you know, uh, once you've uh, as you're once you've read the fault the next part in this in this case the part three, once you've read it, um, or as you're reading it, feel free to just drop your thoughts and reading notes into the book club section." Yeah, it's important to note that we are clearly not picking um, popular titles. Um, we're not reading yeah, like absolutely a, not a current <laughs> bestseller. We're reading like old H.P. Lovecraft and 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 high fantasy fiction. I mean, clearly we're just reading this because it's something that we enjoy. So if if it's something that you see like, oh, I would like to make some a, a note about this, or I just want to talk to someone about this, I'm trust me, we'll we'll jump all over talking about it because we're giant nerds. Like we're only oh, yeah. talking about these books because these are the ones that interest us. Interest us. Yeah. Well, we're, we're not going over these books because they're bestsellers. Um, uh, but they absolutely right. Technically are. speaking, in some way they are. But I mean, we're talking about bestsellers of like of years ago. I mean, Whisper in Darkness isn't topping any charts right now, and neither is The Way of Kings. We're talking about it because that's what we find interesting. Okay, so it's not fair to say that about The Way of Kings, I think, though, because... Um, uh, the Way of Kings may not currently be a bestseller, but book four in the series currently is, because it's the this current one that just, released, that just released. This is true, but we're not jumping on a hype train. We find this interesting. 
Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's not that we we aren't doing things that are bestsellers. It's we're not doing we're not choosing them because they're bestsellers. Bestsellers has nothing. To, them being bestsellers has nothing to do with what we're doing. I, I was I was making the diff. Yeah, I was I was making the differentiation between our our reasoning and the facts. Being a bestseller has nothing to do with our reasoning, but the facts are it's um uh, uh it's needs to be done. I agree. Yeah, but uh, last year in 2020, when um, uh, uh, when um, uh, Rhythm of War was released, um, uh, it was not the best-selling book that year. I believe you. The best-selling book that year is was honestly it was the same book that's been the best-selling book uh, for the past 400 years. Four hundred years. Four hundred years. The one book has been the has sold more copies each year than any other book for the past four hundred years. Drum roll. Es la sonde Bible. Es la 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 sonde Bible. I don't feel like was the Spanish version really the best selling version? Okay, interesting. Anyways. Santa Biblia is a Spanish version. You should Santa know what Biblia. what La Son Biblia is. You would think I would. You of all people really should know La Son Biblia. I have all people would forget it quicker than anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> it's French. <laughs> yeah, I, that's why I've forgotten it. Okay, hold on. Now I need to make a joke at Tyler's expense. <clears throat> before we go, before we move on to the flashbacks, I move. Make Tyler's, Tyler's bad at languages. Tyler was learning French in high school, but he wasn't learning French vocabulary. He was learning French grammar. Which was very stupid. And he was learning because, well, really, I can can see learning grammar before you learn vocabulary. Learning how to structure the sentences and stuff before learning the words to put in those spaces. So that kind of makes sense. But anyways, and you were talking about it. And someone says, someone said, so you can speak French, right? And you said, well, no, because I'm not really learning French. I am, and this is a direct quote from Tyler, I'm learning the English of the French. <laughs> I still, I, I stand by that quote, because technically speaking, it was everything you would learn in English class as an English-speaking individual, but in French. <laughs> so I stand okay. by that. Well, now, now I have to give another one. It has nothing to do with French. That I mean, we'll see how you stand by this one. Um, uh, uh, Dad was cleaning a deer, and I went out there to try to help him if I could. And you also went out to watch because you didn't want to help. Um, uh, no. But you saw that Dad had skinned the deer, and there was meat, muscle, all over the, the deer that you could see now. And you were much too old to have asked this question. And you, I don't remember how old you were, but it was old enough that I, being nearly two years younger than you, was able to help clean the deer a little bit, to some extent. Um, uh, I don't think Dad let me use a knife, but he Sean, let me, you know. Sean help. licked up the blood. I did. That was my job. Um, uh, and um, uh, but you saw this deer and you pointed at it and you said, "Is that the chicken of the deer?" It was important <laughs> to me. <laughs> 
to know which section would be the chicken. Because <laughs> that was the part that I was going to enjoy the most. Because I did love chicken. <laughs> the chicken Anyways. of the deer would have to be the most succulent. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I had to make sure we went over an hour. So now that the recording marks has exactly one hour, uh, let's talk about the flashbacks. <clears throat> No, no, the flashbacks. Perfect. The uh, yeah, yeah, the flashbacks. <clears throat> I I always wanted to the call interludes. Da- well, the the interludes and also uh, Kaladin's flashbacks. Um, okay, uh, okay, I, sure. The reason why I said the reason why I stopped saying flashbacks is because I almost would consider Dalinar's seizures flashbacks, but not they're really. technically flashbacks. Visions. But we don't yeah. know we don't yeah. know that until later. So technically, you and I don't know that. Yeah, we'll call Dalinar's seizures visions and the events of the more recent past flashbacks. Um, uh, so... Stupendous. Yeah. So, Kaladin, um, uh, all, all these flashbacks are for Kaladin. Uh, in book two... So, in book one, the flashbacks are... And this is very interesting how it's structured, and I like it. Book one has Kaladin's flashbacks. Book two has Shallan's flashbacks. Which are very and I like boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, they start off very boring, and then there comes a part where it's like, oh, oh, that, oh, oh, oh! <laughs> oh! So... Yeah. But anyways, which by the uh, way, I'm not going to interrupt anything because this is at the end of the book. But I will say, like that random truth that she had to tell to go into the world to prove to, mm-hmm. um, oh yeah, yeah, that, that's that's a piece of foreshadowing. I'm excited for. Please continue. The, the flashbacks lead up to that truth. <clears throat> Fantastic. Yes. Um. Uh, and so then, um, uh, in the flashbacks, I'm trying to remember exactly what flashbacks are in this one. I believe the last flashback in this, in, in part two, is um, Roshon. And so I'll go up to that point. Just the arrival of Roshon. Okay. Um, what? You're drinking, Danny. Take a shot every time you say flashback. Every time I say flashback. I don't have any shots. <laughs> what happened? Flashback, 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 flashback. I guess I have to drink so much right now. Um, <laughs> Uh, Brooks said, "New drinking game. Take a shot every time you say flashback." <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm in. Let's go. I'm doing it right now. You said okay. flashback. I'll drink with you. We're in solidarity. Okay. All right. Um. Uh, so in these uh, events showing the uh, showing Kaladin's past and history, um, uh, they um uh, uh, starts off with. Does it start off with the little girl? That f- no, the little girl doesn't fall in the first one. In this, in this first flashback, it's actually it's the one with Laurel, isn't it? It's cocoons. Mm-hmm. Yep, the one with Laurel, mm-hmm. and yep. then um, uh, uh, he's with Laurel, and then you find out that Tien is a uh, a hyper kid that is very good at. You can always make Calvin smile. And um, uh, I'm I'm not doing my make everything not serious thing right now. I'm using doing the same voice for some reason. But uh, I'm actually, like, legitimately going over the flashbacks. Um, uh, I think that's important to note because this is really how, how I'm saying it's really how it's going to happen. I'm not being sarcastic. Um, uh, you can always make, always make Kaladin happy. Um, uh, and then uh, Laurel thinks it's cool. They can always make Kaladin happy. And then... It's foreshadowing. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, which I think, and, and I think it, it does say, when, when they're on chasm duty... Um, uh, it does mention that he let his little brother get killed. I think it's on the they they allude to it pretty strongly. Yeah, like um, he does make it, that it, statement. It's my, still, my, so, 
Yeah, it just makes it my brother is dead because of me or something to that. So like, it's not really yeah. like how it happens and why it happens isn't really that doesn't come up in part two, but it's stated that it does happen. So it's okay for me to say yeah. T and dies. There's um, some, there's some yeah there's some foreshadowing there's some foreshadowing in part two, uh, but not enough to keep you as interested as part one or part three to be honest. Uh huh. Yeah. But um uh. Uh, and then uh, Kaladin gets in a fight with some boys and he realizes that he loves fighting and he wants to fight. And while I'm back on this flashback, I already asked you this question, Tyler, but I was going to ask you this question, Brooke, but you didn't hear me and you were unable to come in. Um, uh, and so I'm going to ask you this question. During the fight with Jost, Kaladin, actually come closer so that way your answer can be heard when you say it. Um, uh, she's going to tell. She's going to tell. She's going to tell. She's going to tell. Okay, that's fine. Okay. During the fight with Jost, <clears throat> Kaladin loses the fight. He then gets up. Uh, so, so yeah, Jost challenges him to a fight, and he gets up, and accepts the fight, and he rushes at Jost and loses. Jost beats him up, and then he gets very angry at Jost. And goes and runs at him and starts to beat him up and actually gets a few really good hits in, and then but Jost still knocks him down. But to the point that Jost said, but Jost challenged him to fight because he was angry at him. At that at the end of this at the end of the second bout, Jost goes, "Wow, good job, you did good," um uh, because of you know uh, of of that, um uh, but when he gets up to attack Jost for the second time, Laurel, the girl he's trying to impress, gets up turns her back and walks off. And my question is this, you being a girl, think like a girl. Uh tell me, was she angry was she and it's implied that she's disappointed. Mm -hmm. Was she disappointed that he accepted the challenge to fight to begin with and didn't just I'm just being honorable, um uh, and no I will not do that? Was she uh disappointed with him because he lost? Or was she disappointed with him because the fight it was a fair and square fight. He got up and lost. Uh, he lost. Okay, now the fight's over. Oh wait, you're attacking again. Yes, it, it was a disgraceful losing. <clears throat> Brooks wrong. Like I, I would, I would see that he mm -hmm. handled it like a child. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you beat me up. I'm gonna beat you up now, and he still lost. So, mm -hmm. so Brooke, Brooke has answered this truly from her heart in an answer that would be true for her. And I'm not discounting her answer, but she is wrong. Okay. Um, uh, Tyler said, you've answered this question uh, from true to your heart and uh, answer that would be true to you, but you're wrong. <laughs> and um, This uh, woman th is a biatch, as the kids would say. <laughs> this woman is a biatch, as the kids oh. would say. Yeah. No, um, uh, it, it is kind of, it's, it's never comes out and it's never stated. And the fact of hit her walking away when he, at that point is never, never brought up again. But then you see like the guy that she winds up with and it's like the next bright eyes, um, uh, family that comes in, which, uh, uh never mind. That's a flashback that comes up in part three, but yeah, Oof. um, uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But you find out that she's just a, um, uh, uh she's just after the winner. Oh. I just and wanted so to say that. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I just want to say you've set you've set Brooke up for failure, and that wasn't fair. Yeah, and Tosh said I set you up for failure, and that wasn't fair. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, and then the um, uh, uh, and then a little girl falls out of a tree, 
and Calden sees her uh, on the ground, and he says, I can save her life, and then he doesn't save her life. And then um, uh, Liren said, you did good not to save that girl's life. And uh, Calden said, what? And then um, uh, that's the end of the flashback. Uh, Oh, flashback. I got a drink. (coughs) Uh, Gosh darn it. And then um, the the mother is scraping the creme stalactites uh, off of the ceiling. And he said, Mother, why are you scraping the creme stalactites off the ceiling? And she said, because I like to work. And he said, but you just said work was bad. And she said, you got me there, Kaladin. And, um, Gosh darn uh, it. And then they um, uh, they said, uh, Roshone is coming. And they said, who's Roshone? And Liren said, I don't know. I shouldn't know that name yet. And so they go to see who Roshone is. <laughs> and um, uh, they see that Roshone is a Light Eyes uh, carrying a sword and uh, wearing a battle dress. And they said, oh, he must be a cool guy. And Roshone looks back at them and says, nah. And then he it's gets a in his carriage and rides away. Yeah. And then uh, that is... Uh, and then, uh, then uh, Liren said... Um, uh, and then uh, Kaladin said, so did we uh, throw a losing hand or a winning hand uh, in the game of dice that you just Im- earlier implied we were playing? And uh, Liren said, No. And then um, that that's that's that. So yeah, that's the entirety of the flashbacks. In yeah, this of, of Calvin. We have the three, flashbacks. Yeah, and then we have the three interludes, which are not flashbacks. I believe they're all happening simultaneously. The interludes I'm are happening. I'm not sure while the that other... they are. They, uh, they I'm pretty sure they be, are. I I some I mm-hmm. feel like at least one of those. There are some flashbacks that are clearly happening somewhere in the past. Um, mm-hmm. one or Flashback. two. They're really really. Gosh darn it. <laughs> Oof. I'm doing whiskey, you anus. <laughs> and I'm sipping Anyways, my beer. These, <laughs> I feel like these moments have occurred previously because <laughs> <laughs> at least some of them, I obviously the Sen, the Seth, Seth, Seth. Um mm-hmm. his his are happening more or less simultaneously because we kind of we kind of finally get a moment of realizing that towards the end of the book. Um mm-hmm. But well, well, yeah, some of the other ones, and we know Seth's are because yes, like you get in, you get in one interlude and it says Seth killed this person, and then you get like in the next chapter and it said, "Hey, did you hear this? This man is dead." dead. Yeah, so yeah, yeah we, that we has know to that his are. Uh-huh. There's and a we one also or two. know, and we also know from later that Reasons 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 R Y S N whatever her name is um, uh, R Y S N yes I'll, I'll call her Ryzen. Um, uh, Ryzen and Axes, theirs happen at the same time, are happening at the same time, whether they're in the past or the present or the future. Um, uh, they do happen at the same time as each other, because in one of Reason's interludes, she meets Axes. Yeah, uh, and it's very interesting. Um, Axes is, it's so weird to read Axes' interlude, because it feels like a, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like the rest of the the book at all. Uh, it's mm-hmm. very strange. Uh, the character as far as is wild characters His go, Axis is my favorite. Oh yeah, he's essentially mm-hmm. um. Uh, who am I thinking of from Oblivion with the Wamba Jack? Oh yeah, uh, crap. Uh, dang it! I almost said Shubnigoroth, and it's not. It's uh, it's not Shubnigoroth. Sheogoroth. Sheogoroth. That's immediately who I thought of when I was reading about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> But um, yeah, there's a few interludes that definitely feel. I think it's towards the end, and I think it's Baxil. 
um, if I remember properly, it mm-hmm. feels I'm pr- I'm pretty confident in saying that it has to have happened earlier, uh, but neither here nor there. If what the what you just mentioned with Ryzen and mm-hmm. Axes, those are two of the three flashbacks. Gosh darn oh. it! Interludes, dang it, Bobby. <clears throat> Thanks, Brooke. Ugh. <laughs> Anus. <laughs> Uh, obviously, we also have a Seth flashback. Um, Tyler, you want to talk about? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the thing is, my beer's consent. almost gone. The only thing left on my on, on my table is a Maker's Mark. I didn't <clears throat> consent to this. Yes, you did. <laughs> I did. I did actually consent to this. All right. <clears throat> So, <clears throat> how would you best describe the Axes moment? <laughs> <laughs> it's very strange. Um, yeah, I found it to be so very strange. Yeah, well, I think the whole the whole idea of that is um. Uh, the, let, 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 let me go back to it on the, this little thing here. Um. I wasn't trying to put the uh, I wasn't yeah. trying to put that uh, the moment on you, so I'll start it. So essentially, well, you are well, really his name is Axie's the collector. Alien. Yeah, so Axie's the collector. Uh, essentially, he's waking up naked, feeling beat up, feeling sick, um, mm-hmm. which isn't all that strange. But like everything about this character is odd, um, mm-hmm. in ways that you kind of haven't encountered yet in any other characters in the book. Mm-hmm. Okay, so also. The bit at the end when he's being carted away talking about discovering Spren, um, uh, that does not sound like sarcasm when he says he was overjoyed at the thought that knowing that cataloging all the Spren would only take a few more centuries. Yeah, yeah. And so you, you get the impression the he's a deity. Means, yeah, because the only thing that means, like, you know, a few, they will say, oh, good, this will only take a few centuries. That a few more centuries, which implies right. that he's already been at this for some centuries. Right, right, right. It's a very strange and, one because the opening is strange with the homeless guy. It's mm-hmm. kind of implied that not only is he a lower deity, that maybe this homeless guy is a higher deity, you know? Um, mm-hmm. it, it well, no, the homeless guy's just way. crazy. It's very strange. The homeless guy's just crazy. Well, that's fair, but I mean, like, mm-hmm. he sets it up for you to believe that. And then the way yeah. Axie's reply sets you up to believe that he's some kind of a, a, a deity or a, you know, a, he, he a understands god, deities and a, a demigod yeah. in some way, maybe. Yeah, but like, not the, the demigods so the are brought Almighty, up in this book. Yeah, so the Almighty is not explained. Um, uh, but besides the Almighty. Um, uh, there are a few creatures, there are the, the, besides the Almighty, there are the Voidbringers, um, uh, there are the Nightmare Essences, and a few other, like, weird, weird spiritual type creatures. Uh, we're not gonna go into, into what the Voidbringers are, because it's, um, uh, uh, you don't discover what the Voidbringers are until one of the bad things is about to happen. Uh, oh, man. So we're not gonna, yeah. Uh, so we're not gonna go into that. Yeah, plot twist. Okay, plot twist. What the who who what plot twist regarding the void bringers and plot twist regarding the bad thing. Um. Uh, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyways, um. Uh, uh. Like one of the bad things is not a plot twist. Very obvious. Bad thing number two was going to happen. Bad thing oh, number yeah, one but... was a surprise. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Very, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, But, um, uh, the heck am I talking about? Oh, yeah. But um, uh, besides that, though, it seems like all of the deity-like creatures are spren. Um, uh, like the storm father is a spren, the night watcher, night mother, whatever it's called is a spren. Um, uh, the, the huge spren that, uh, creates water during Axie's thing. This is a hundred feet tall. That's a spren. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, and so in order for Axie's to be a deity, he would almost have to be a spren. (laughs) I would, yeah, it's very strange, uh, because clearly he's not. I would I would say mm-hmm. he's not because obviously mm-hmm. he doesn't understand he understands Sprint better than like a normal individual human I don't want to say humans but you know individual mm-hmm. walking around in this book um, he clearly understands them better than most but I would venture to say he's not one which makes this a very very weird section to read um, if you're mm-hmm. if you're thinking about it after having read the whole the whole first book and then kind of going back to it it's a very very weird interlude to read but it's very cool no wait the Sprint has a so strange. Sprint has to have something to do with him. Remember the oh. interlude, or I'm sorry to say, a flashback. Um, uh, Gosh darn it! That in one of the things where it talks about, and this may be—I don't think this is in. This may be in book two, but it talks about how Yasna discovered her Sprint and her ability to do the thing that she can do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, uh, and it mentioned something about the shadows being wrong when she saw her spren. And Axes is part of a, 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 an Imean, is that what they're called? Uh, he's one of those, and their shadows are wrong. And so the, the they have something to do with spren somehow. I, uh, I'll be honest, I didn't quite pick up on that like you did. That's interesting. Uh-huh. That the spren had a weird shadow, or that uh, Axes had a weird shadow? Axes the 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 correlation I didn't pick up on that I feel like it's very yeah. ham-handed now that I'm thinking about mm-hmm. it that I and I totally mm-hmm. missed it but yeah well like it's just it's it, it's just you know it's just thrown in there like you just immediately gloss over it let me go to Axes thing here here we go no no, no I agree with you I agree with you I f- I'm saying that I screwed up I I missed that mm-hmm. uh, in a bit of an a wave oh. of idiocy oh okay when you said ham-handed I thought you meant it was ham-handed the way it was put in the book. It okay. should have I'll been. Like, it, I should have seen it as obvious as if it were handed. Mm, gotcha. Mm. But yeah, and then the last interlude is um uh, oh, and Ryzen has an interlude. Um, her first interlude doesn't isn't isn't important. She becomes a, an interesting character later. Her first interlude doesn't matter. This is just to show that she's there. Um. Uh, Correct. Yeah. And I'm not. Uh, for effect. Stop it. And she's Sorry, in the. Calming dogs. And she's in the land of the Shin, which obviously, Brooke, we know that the Shin are from Shinar. Makes yeah. Sense. Mm-hmm. And you know all about Shinar. She's a uh, fluent in Shinorian. Yes, Brooke, you know about Shinar. Because Shinar is a country in the book you're currently reading right now, The Way of Kings. The Way of Kings, no, I'm sorry, The Wheel of Time. Hmm. But anyways, um, uh, uh, yeah, uh, and so she's just there 
She learns that the Shin haggle weirdly, and that's all that, that flashback is about. Dang it! I, I son. Uh, so, Seth's flashback. Kiss my butt. <laughs> you, you suck. Yeah. Seth's interlude. <laughs> Next time, warn me, and I won't grab whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> if I pour myself a drink of whiskey, I'll just take small... If I'm playing a drinking game, I'll just take smaller sips of it, and I'm taking sips of beer. That's but what at I'm the currently end of, doing. Yeah. <laughs> See, at, at, the, at the end of the episode, I will have had one or two drinks, um, uh, mm. whether it's one beer or one pour of whiskey or whatever, or two, you know, but either way. And then uh, Zeth's interlude... Not interlude interlude in my pants <laughs> oh my but um uh, uh in Zeth's interlude he um uh, uh he's said to assassin told to assassinate a guy and then somebody else has already assassinated him he's like oh it looks like my work here is done and the guy said no you're coming with me he said i think not and the man said uh pulled up a uh, i think Zeth's so and Zeth says, I think so. And um, uh, <laughs> and then he's going, and he's like, um, uh, it's like, it's just a good thing that it's like, I'm just glad that you're not a man of great ambition who would want me to kill very powerful people and take uh, help you to cause chaos and take over the world because I'm capable of doing that, and I'm just glad that you wouldn't do that. And the man said, yes, you're absolutely right, I would not do that. However, the more powerful man to whom I will be giving your oath stone will like to do that, and here's the list of people he wants you to kill. And It's a rather Seth lengthy reads, list. And Seth reads the list, and he says, well, crap. <laughs> well, poop. And that's the end of part two. <laughs> also, the individual with whom we find out is the person. Um, mm-hmm. Utterly oh, uh, fantastic yeah. plot twist. Beautiful, Holy beautiful. crap. Yeah, like, I'm not going to say another single word about it, because yes. uh, if you guys are reading along, uh, I don't want anything I could hint at what it could be. I get that we're foreshadowing this aggressively, but holy crap, I did not see that one coming. I genuinely did yeah. not. I actually, don't go back and re-listen to the last episode, because I foreshadowed it heavily in the last episode. <laughs> this, is, this is true. <laughs> uh, but so good a couple great yeah. plot twists a couple great plot mm-hmm. twists at the end of this book yeah. but that said though I, it's going to be so fantastic for me once <laughs> once we get past the point <laughs> where I've already <laughs> listened to in the audiobooks um, <laughs> because um, uh, now like I know this information and I, I have a hard time not talking about it but then when I come in to the episode uh, and I'm uh, doing everything blind, and I can just go, <laughs> Did you know about this? <laughs> this was the case. I'm um, <laughs> I'm behind you by a little bit, because um, I'm not as far as you are in the second book, and I'm waiting a little bit longer for us to get through this. I honestly, um, I've had a moment um, where I, I, I've asked you what the calendar was. I'm like, oh, we're not doing part three for a while. I can't start this book for it. I went ahead and already got it on Audible and everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just to be ready, and I'm very psyched to start it. Yeah. Well, that I is am, essentially uh, the bit. Yeah, the bit. That's uh, that, that was that was a bit of a podcast. 
Yeah, we we stopped at an hour. Like that was the whole book. Let's talk about the interludes, and then talked almost as long about the interludes as we did about yeah. the whole entire book part. Well, because yeah, well, because part two was just I don't want to say filler because it was very interesting stuff. No, yeah, it, it's, it, it's what, exposition filler. Yeah, yeah, ex- yeah. We'll we'll say exposition. Um, uh, we'll say part two was just exposition. It was just letting you know, like you know, building up for some stuff that's going to happen. So there wasn't really a whole. A whole lot of details to talk about and to say what was going on. Like you know, part one had a lot of that. Part two was, I mean, like you know, part two, like you know, they they tried. I'll say this: Sanderson tries to get, seems to try to get about the same amount of information in each part. Also, part mm-hmm. two was almost twice as long as part one because right. there was so much less raw information. Oh, lots of raw information, so many fewer details. Um, uh, so much less exciting stuff. Happening mm-hmm. in part two, but then the interludes are always just details because you're mm-hmm. supposed to be picking apart the interludes and seeing, you know, how each thing is and, uh, it, it, you know, what 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 it, what it's all like, and so the interludes, with, with a, a slow part like part one, I can very well see why the interludes could be longer than part one, or part, but then to talk about part two, I mean. Seth's uh, interlude is the most foreshadowing of all the interludes, um, in my opinion, because the rest of them are just kind of like, here's some things that are happening on the side, and then Seth is obviously, it, it's driving the story, and that one, you realize how pivotal that is later on, uh, but even then it has quite a sense of gravity to it, even without knowing what happens on later. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a good point to quit talking about this because anymore, and we're going to have to start talking about what happens uh, later on. Yeah, what we'll happens we'll uh, yeah, for we, it to make we sense. We're talking about everything that has happened, so uh, rather than talking about what's not, I think we should just call it for the day. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, that was abrupt. <clears throat> so empty feeling. Yeah. And if only there was a proper way to end a podcast other than just stopping in the middle of a 